Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Well, in today's podcast, I'm starting a new thing where I'm going to be reading questions from listeners, from yourself, from viewers, and I'm going to be answering those questions. So we sent this out a while ago and we've been getting in such an amazing amount of questions. I've had so much fun and also it's been so it's so great for me to get your questions because I can spend time exploring them and helping to work out great answers to help you. So there's so many questions that we've got from all over the place that I'm consolidating them into themes and then I'm selecting one or two letters to read out part of them that kind of represent the theme that I'm going to cover and then dive into them. So if you have questions that you'd like me to answer with areas you'd like me to explore more of, please send, continue to send that through. You can send that to info at drleaf.com and I will read all of them and we will at some point build the questions in thematically like I've explained to try and give you as much help as I possibly can and then the next thing just to remind you that this these podcasts are for educational purposes and not for medical purposes so if you need medical advice please go to the appropriate medical professional and in today's podcast I'm going to be discussing the topic of dreams and nightmares and night terrors We get, as I said, so many questions, direct messaging, comments on Instagram and Facebook and social media, as well as questions sent in on, you know, what are dreams and how do you manage dreams and and nightmares and night terrors and the difference and so on. So that is what today's topic is going to be. And I'm excited to dive straight into that by reading a letter, part of a letter from someone, as I said, who kind of represents this concept I chose the one that I felt was the one that kind of represented the common sort of questions that are asked about dreams, which is pretty much what are they? What are they? How do they occur? Are they important? What are they doing? What are nightmares? What are night terrors? That kind of thing. Okay, so this is from Nancy and she said, hi, Dr. Leaf. I've been using the Switch app in the past and I'm reading your book. And she said her comment is on dreams. Since dreams come from our busy minds, Can we slowly over time change our dreams in some way? Brilliant question. I do not always remember dreams, obviously, but when I'm awakened by dreams, which is often, or remember them the next day, I do have a recurring pattern of always hurrying or being super frustrated and anxious. I cannot help but think this is part of why I get so tired some days, as I do not rest peacefully at night. I'm just thinking dreams must be all part of the mental mind and I would love to have my dreams peaceful. And let me see, I do not feel like having the anxiety and frustration in the dreams and we very it would be very nice to get rid of those in my waking hours, in my wake, awake hours. Okay, so this is a fantastic question. So we're going to dive into what dreams are. So I have a lot of points about dreams. This is a huge topic and a super interesting topic. 
But overarching all of this, and Nancy, thank you for your great question, and I'm going to weave in my answer to answer the elements of her question. And as I said, her question represented lots of other questions on dreams. So detoxing the mind, which is a huge part of what we do in cleaning up your mental mess in this podcast. It's a huge part of my work, and it is a huge part of what I write. And that's why my latest book is called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Okay, so detoxing the mind is not just something that you do when you're awake. It's also something that you can do when you're asleep. So I know that sounds crazy because you think like, what am I doing when I'm asleep? I mean, you know, I know my body's doing stuff, but what's my mind doing? And this is the exciting thing. Your mind is always working. Okay, that you've heard me say before. So we need to quickly understand, we need to understand dreams and to understand that we can detox our thought life while we're awake and while we're dreaming. Let's quickly understand the, the different levels of mind. You've got the conscious mind and that's awake when you're awake. It's a very active part of you. It's kind of in the front line of you experiencing life. And this is where we see a lot of the messiness of our mind, the messy mind working, and we want to train our messy mind to work with our wise mind. The conscious mind is not that fast. It's fast, but not as fast as the non-conscious mind. It operates at about 2,000 actions per second. Then you get the non-conscious mind, which is operating 24-7. It is very fast, and it's where all our memories inside the thought trees are stored. It operates at around about 400 billion actions per second. And its goal is balance, moving towards balance, survival, helping us fix up things. It's our deep intelligence. It's not bound by space and time. And it's what it's run by what we would call dynamic self-regulation, very high-powered, very fast self-regulation. On a conscious level, we have what we call active self-regulation, which is also very intelligent. It's actively self-regulating our, ourselves on a conscious level, but it's slower. And it, the, the conscious mind with its active self-regulation is supposed to be working with the non-conscious mind with its dynamic self-regulation. But our conscious mind can get so caught up in the moment and the busyness of life and the stresses of life that sometimes we don't always have such a great relationship between the non-conscious and the unconscious mind. And you've often heard me talk also about the messy mind and the wise mind. And the messy mind is kind of like our, the messy mind crosses over the conscious and non-conscious because the messy mind is the part that's making the messes. Quite frankly, it's the toxic part of our, it's a part of our mind that is gets caught up in toxic responses, etc. And the wise mind is that implicit wisdom that we have, the knowing what we should be doing, knowing how we should respond part of us, that deep inner core that keeps balance and keeps a homeostasis and balance and survival as our primary goal. So the, the layers of mind, conscious and non-conscious, are layers of mind. And then messy mind, wise mind are the two types of mind. So messy mind and wise mind are operating in the non-conscious mind and the conscious mind. So messy mind and wise mind are states that we go into to manage our mind. And conscious mind when you're awake, non-conscious mind when you're asleep. Okay, and the non-conscious mind is the big part and the conscious mind is the small part, the small, slower part. And they're supposed to work together. And as we get our messy mind working with our wise mind, we're forcing the interaction between the conscious and the non-conscious. And that's good, okay? So how does this relate to dreams? Well, we experience life through our conscious and non-conscious mind while we're awake. And then at nighttime, we process what we've experienced to prepare ourselves for the next day. So the non-conscious mind processing at night is where dreams happen. 
So dreams are happening when you're asleep. And sometimes you're asleep during the day and you can dream. So dreams basically are happening when you are not conscious, but when you are non-conscious, in the non-conscious state. And it's helping you to process because your non-conscious mind is always looking to restore the balance, the homeostasis, the wired for love, survival mode of who we are. So it's always looking for the toxic thoughts to get rid of them and to replace them with healthy thoughts which don't threaten our survival. And dreams are a way of showing us and it's it's the dreams are and nightmares and night terrors and things are our non-conscious mind trying to root out these toxic issues, the big and the small, the established and the new and the old, from our mind, our brain, and our body, and push them into our into our mind, our conscious mind, so that we do something about them. So a lot of people say to me that they forget their dreams, and they'll write that, I forget my dreams, or I don't have dreams. Well, forgetting dreams is very, very common, because sometimes the processing has happened in the dream, and then you don't really need to remember it. Other times, it's because it's so painful that it gets suppressed. So we get into this kind of habit of suppressing because our dynamic self-regulation, which is operating on an unconscious level, is so amazing that we can, you know, so powerful that we can actually, in that non-conscious state, suppress as well. We can consciously suppress and non-consciously suppress because the non-conscious always works with the conscious. So when you're awake, those both those levels are working. So it's we can consciously and non-consciously together suppress, but we can also, just on a non-conscious level, which is what's operating when you're asleep, also suppress. Sometimes, and sometimes we do that because we're just not ready to face something or it's just too painful to face it. So there's those elements that come with forgetting. So everyone does dream because it's how our brain is doing kind of a housekeeping function. So let's define that. Let's define how this happens and the different types of sleep and where dreams happen and so on. So just to quickly, big picture, just quickly, our dreams are so important because they are actually helping us to challenge us to sort out our thought life. That's kind of the overarching main purpose of dreams is challenging us to sort out our thought life, specifically the chaotic and toxic and trauma thoughts and things that are in our non-conscious mind, in our brain and in our body because they're threatening our balance. So they're there to help us to sort out our thought life and to process our thought life. They're also preparing us for the next day and they are helping us to regenerate the mind and the mind-brain-body integration. So that's very important function of dreams as well, helping to prepare the mind, the brain, and the mind-brain-body integration for the next day. And that's where the housekeeping function comes in. So dreams occur in rapid eye movement sleep, what is often referred, which is referred to as REM sleep. Okay, so we start with non-REM sleep, and then we progress into REM sleep. So in non-REM sleep, we don't dream, but we can have night terrors, which are different to dreams and nightmares. So dreams and nightmares happen in REM sleep. Night terrors happen in non-REM sleep. So we progress from non-REM to REM sleep. And REM sleep is where the dreams and the nightmares occur. A nightmare would be a bad dream, okay? And a, a night terror who occurs in non-REM sleep, and that is very much where you don't really remember. You often don't even realize you're having it, but you wake up very disturbed. And it's when there's a sensory system overload from a lot of trauma that's been deeply established. And that trauma, because trauma is stored in the brain as networks, 
in the mind and in the body. Night terrors are very often the result of people that have had extreme PTSD, extreme levels of trauma, and it's been so embedded and so suppressed for so long that it's spilling over into non-REM sleep as a sensory overload, which is also a message from your body telling you that you need to deal with something. Okay, you can't remember very. Night terrors generally aren't remembered, but people that are with maybe sleeping in the same bed as as a person having night terrors will will often see or hear this. And if you notice that in your children or a loved one, it's very important that you actually get into therapy to help you to work through that embedded, very deep seated trauma. And very often, night terrors can go along with nightmares, and or they can progress into nightmares and vice versa. As things as things are all progressing through through the the healing process that you're going through, or if you're going through a process of suppressing where you're not dealing with stuff, so it's all messengers. So dreams, nightmares, night terrors are all messengers. Summertime is almost here, and I don't know about you, but I'm so ready for it. All that sunshine, fresh air, long days, fun times with family and friends. The season is coming up fast. But you can start celebrating now with Hazar, a bold probiotic seltzer with benefits. With added probiotics and 3 grams of sugar or less, Hazar tastes just like sunshine in a can. All their bold flavors pair perfectly with a picnic, pool party or backyard hang. Not only are they tasty and exhilarating when chilled, but all Hazar's seltzers are non-perishable, so you can store them at room temperature. And they come in three vibrant flavors, all low on sugar and calories. Raspberry and lemon, strawberry and hibiscus and juicy pear. I know I will be drinking their raspberry lemon flavor by the pool all summer long, although my husband Mac says their pear and strawberry hibiscus flavors are the best. We have agreed to disagree on which flavor is the best. Get your cooler ready and stock up on Hazard Probiotic Seltzer by using the code Dr. Leaf for 20% off your order at drinkhazard.com. That's code Dr. Leaf for 20% off at drinkhuzzah.com. The link and details will be in the show notes. So now, just very quickly, when I've said this already, but I'm going to remind you again so that we build up an understanding. When we experience life, we build, we experience life through our mind first, and then the mind builds it into the brain and the body. So our thoughts are the product of our mind. So life experience, mind processes, and product is thoughts. Thoughts are built into the mind as waves into the brain as thought trees, either toxic or healthy, depending on the experience, and also into the DNA of every cell of your body. That's where we get the concept of, of muscle memory or memory in our cells or our body keeps the score, that kind of thing, okay, is our body's remembering stuff. That means that when we are going into a sleep state, REM, non-REM, and then into REM, these thoughts, as you're preparing for the next day, these thoughts are moving from our non-conscious mind and our brain and our body. So it's a very holistic experience, and I'm going to explain how that happens. These thoughts, and I've already mentioned this, but I'll mention it again, these thoughts that are physical in our brain as trees, in the memory fields of our mind as waves, toxic waves, and in the DNA of our body are upsetting the balance and the homeostasis. So at night when you're sleeping, you're going into this housekeeping type function where you're trying to sort out and fix this imbalance because this is threatening the survival. So you want to fix that. All right. So the non-conscious, however, can only fix to a point. So the non-conscious, as you're going through non-REM into REM sleep and in the cycles of sleep, your non-conscious mind is 
doing this housekeeping, regenerating the body for the next day and the brain for the next day and the mind for the next day. And in that process, everything you've gone through during the day that has affected the brain and the body because of the integration, your your mind is working with your brain and body to regenerate and prepare for the next day. So the dreams are the kind of result of the housekeeping. It's kind of like waking up or opening a can of worms or you know, opening Pandora's box to try and sort out things because those are threatening to survival. So they, they, they move through your mind and, and your brain and your body, and I'm going to explain exactly how. But the concept is that your non-conscious is trying to deal with stuff. It's a housekeeping function, cleaning up for the next day. Okay, so the non-conscious can only fix to a certain point because the non-conscious will make you aware and make you aware through dreams. So dreams are kind of dreams, nightmares, and night terrors are your your non brilliant non-conscious mind using your brain and your body to tell you there's something you need to deal with that is something that is affecting how you are functioning mentally and physically. And so that it's a reminder, but you're going to have to do the conscious work of paying attention to the dreams, which goes to one of the questions, part of the question that Nancy asked is that the recurring dreams, there's a pattern and she thinks it's affecting her mental life. Yes, it is. That dream is affecting your mental life because of all the reasons that I have given. And if it's a recurring pattern, it's a message from your non-conscious mind through your brain and your body and your mind. So it's from your non-conscious mind alerting your mind, brain, and body, because they always go together. So mind driving mind, brain, and body to pay attention. Okay, so for you to really fix something, there has to be conscious involvement. So the recurring patterns of dreams or the feelings of anxiety need to be explored, which is essentially what I'm saying. So if you want to know why you keep having dreams, and as Nancy was saying, this is disturbing her sleep, as a lot of the people who ask me this question, it's making your sleep very tiring. Like you don't get the full regenerative effect that you need if the if if it's recurring. So if it happens once or twice the dream, then, then it's, and seems to go away, it doesn't seem to be a recurring thing. But if you're waking up with a sense of I'm tired, there's something wrong, I'm anxious, that's a message that you need to spend time exploring. And that exploring would be a lot of conscious mind working with non-conscious. And you can do that in multiple ways. And what I'm going to recommend and give you an example of is to use the neurocycle so that you are doing daily work on capturing those dreams and analyzing them and also get to a therapist to help you talk it out. Because as you start talking and you start pulling stuff up, you then have more ability to recall your dreams. So it all goes in. But if once you start talking and paying attention to your dreams and then talking through your dreams and journaling and writing, somehow getting them out, then you can start getting this will drag up more and more and more information. So eventually you'll get to the root cause. How long it will take? I don't know. All of us are completely unique with our own unique stories, our own unique patterns. So there isn't a general pattern. I don't agree with that. There is some there is some teachings out there that say that there's certain patterns that can tell you certain things. I think we need to be very careful of saying that because our unique stories are so unique and the unique way that we process and build patterns in our brain is unique to each of us. What we do know is certain principles and points of how dreams form, what they're doing, and that they the big overarching concept is that they are telling you something and they're they are telling you something about something that you need to do conscious work on if they are recurring because it's something that's now that an experience you've had that is disturbing the balance. So that's the housekeeping function.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so let's talk now about the fact that dreams often feel so strange and, you know, what actually happens. So here's how dreams actually happen. As I've mentioned, the non-conscious mind can only fix to a point and requires the interaction of the conscious mind so to resolve issues. So to get the attention of the conscious mind, the information is released in like bubbles, for want of a better word, to try and make it easy for you to understand. And bubbles in these bubbly dreams, like sort of bubbles of crazy, unrelated, related, weird information, and sometimes clear, but sometimes, why did I dream that kind of thing? So think of these bubbles, and the content is expressed in your in your non-conscious mind while you're sleeping as stories. So these these bubbles come up in stories, and it's in your non-conscious mind, so you're sleeping, and these bubbles come up and there's these stories and they compete with plot and characters, but they don't always make sense and they're not always that easy to understand. That's why a lot of digging is required. Okay. And there's, there's definite physiological reasons why this is happening as well, which I'm going to tell you as we move on. So during the day, we process information with our active self-regulation, which is the conscious mind, and our dynamic self-regulation, which is the non-conscious mind, the two together. So then we can make more sense of things. It's easier to make more sense of things. But at nighttime, it's just our non-conscious mind that is controlling the process. And also our brain is different at night. Our brain functions differently at nighttime as well, which affects, which is because it's doing housekeeping function. It's doing other functions while you're asleep, which then affects how we process information. So in fact, that's why dreams feel strange because it's almost like some some experts even suggest that dreams are processed kind of in a backward way. And we don't see things, in other words, we don't see things quite the same way in dreams as we do see them when we consciously awake and we consciously are processing life with the conscious and the non-conscious together. When the conscious is on its own and you're asleep, things are different and the perceptions are different. And that's why we need our conscious mind to kind of dig through to make sense. Okay. And I totally agree with this because from my research, I found that when people have suppressed a lot, they, a lot of a lot of issues. They have a lot of nightmares and night terrors, a lot of dreams as well. And like this kind of, you know, night, I would classify nightmares as disturbing dreams. So dreams are kind of pleasant and then your nightmares in different degrees would be the horrible stuff. And then, and all of them are giving you information. Sometimes the dreams, it doesn't, you don't just learn from toxic stuff. You also learn from the healthy stuff. Case from the from the good dreams is also messages in the good dreams that are telling you, hey, this is what's happening and this is what you're doing right. Or this experience will help you then become more resilient with the toxic experience. So you know whatever you are seeing as a pattern, use that to help you to understand. And that's why I say it's so important the conscious work that you have a regular routine like the neurocycle and a therapist. Okay, so so when people have suppressed thoughts, what we'll see in the brain is high levels of delta during the day. Now delta the delta wave is very active when you're asleep. But during the day, it shouldn't be as active. 
So when it's more active during the day, then that affects the rest of the wave patterns and can make you feel kind of on edge because it's not it's it's a, it's telling us that the energy is wrong during the day. It's giving us the message that there's a suppressed thought. So at nighttime, your brain is working even harder. So for every suppressed thought, at nighttime, your brain has to work even harder with the housekeeping function to try and sort out because the the, the sort out these suppressed thoughts. The suppressed thoughts like sweeping the dirt under the under the carpet or you know pushing down, putting everything in the closet and hoping everything's not going to fall out the closet and one day you open the closet and everything falls out. These thoughts are volcanic in nature. Eventually the volcano explodes. Okay, so the delta is telling us there's a volcano building, there's energies building, it's going to explode mentally and physically. Okay, so also thoughts, these thoughts that we build have got emotions, they've got choices, they've got data. So when we are processing them at nighttime and cleaning them up and doing this housekeeping, the emotions come up, the choices come up, the data comes up. That's why they complete with character plot and, and all the strangeness because it's kind of like back to front as well. And so dreams are the results of this intense housework to try and sort out what this all means. And when poorly built or incompletely processed, that's when they can start becoming nightmares of varying degrees and eventually night terrors or a combination of the two. So dreams are even important, just as a side note, in helping us stabilize information. So this is on the good side of dreams. There's a lot of good about dreams. It's cleaning up your brain. It's preparing for the next day. A lot of your non-conscious mind is quite good at stabilizing thoughts. And just through the dream process alone, you could sort out a lot of stuff. But the stuff that is recurring is the stuff you've got to pay attention to. But it's also good if you've learned something new or you're trying to deal with something and you, that's difficult, like learning new information or trying to work something out. Dreams help you to consolidate information. So they're great ways of helping you to learn and understand new information. So the kind of the comment, the, the, the statement that we make so often that sleeping on the problem, that's the phrase I was looking for, is a good thing. So that's a good part of dreams. It's how we consolidate information. So that's why you can often read something before you go to bed. And then as you're sleeping, it consolidates or learn something before you go to bed and then wake up in the morning and just go through it for an exam or something. And that sleep has helped to consolidate so you're more effective. Or you may be facing some kind of work thing. Like yesterday I did this. We were discussing quite a complex concept that we are creating at, in our work environment. And we've got to a point and then thought, okay, this is enough. Slept on it. And when I woke up this morning, I started getting tremendous insight into the issue. So sleeping on it is a good thing. So there's another side that's good for dreams. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the sort of neuro, uh, the physiology and the neurology, the neurochemistry of dreams. On a physiological level, the dream state allows our psychosomatic network. So that's the integration between the mind and the physical brain, the psychosomatic network to retune itself. That's the preparation. That's the housework concept and get ready for the demands of waking life. So you've got to retune the psycho mind and somatic network, retuning. And these shifts will occur in your brain and the brain's chemicals will start to flow and spill over into the networks of the brain. So there's kind of a shaking up and everything's kind of moving differently and the, the, the chemicals spill over and that's why you feel the emotions. And, and it's think of it that your brain is sweeping across. Think of a vacuum cleaner that's going across and sweeping up all these things on the floor then that's kind of what you, you've got this brain sweep going on through your, your brain as you as you are sleeping at night. And the glial cells, which are in your brain, play a huge role in this. And they're sweeping through a lot of different thoughts. So there's a whole lot of stuff that's been gathered into the vacuum cleaner. So you can have a crossover 
of thoughts. The thoughts are interacting. So this thought's woken up and this thought's woken up and another one's woken up or sucked up or activated to this needs fixing, that needs a bit of consolidation, that needs, and they kind of can get all mixed up. And so that's also what we experience is a crossing over, a spilling over. And because the thoughts, as I've said, are filled with, with data and information, data, information, emotions and choices, those also spill over into this whole cleaning process that's happening. All this is necessary for homeostasis, for rebalancing. And so, and these are kind of like readjustments that are being made. And they enter the mind as a dream. So these are kind of readjustments, rebalancing, sorting out, housekeeping. And these readjustments enter these, the brain as these stories. So the stories of our dreams are these readjustment, balancing, housekeeping type functions to prepare us for the next day. So that's why they're so, so important. That's why I love to call dreams messengers. And like I talk about emotions and, and emotions and behaviors and symptoms in our body as warning signals, they're also warning signals in our dreams, but they're kind of packaged in this very powerful way where our non-conscious is actively looking to clean up. So it's great help to help us sort out our, our what's going on in our life. So they're packaged. So you, at nighttime, your non-conscious is really focused on, hey, what's affecting your survival, your wired for love design, your optimism bias, your homeostasis. Let's find this. Let's clean this up. Okay. And if you're not paying attention and cleaning it up the next day, then you'll dream again about it. And then you'll dream again. And then you'll, that's the recurring. And that's the pattern. And at first, it may be not as dominant, but as time goes on, it becomes clearer and clearer. And it may be like Nancy was saying, she gets this feeling of tiredness and anxiety and frustration. And so that's, those are, those are warning signals that you need to pay the attention to pay attention to what is causing that. You need to find the root cause, embrace process and reconceptualize, which is where the neurocycle comes in. So neurochemically, this is interesting. So on a chemical, neurochemical level, so the chemicals flowing through your brain, when you're awake, you have serotonin. I'm just mentioning a couple. There's a lot more, but I'm just mentioning the basic ones. You have serotonin and norepinephrine. Can never say that that chemical helping us to line up our thoughts. So when our conscious mind is working hard, this causes serot- this increases serotonin and nor nor norepinephrine to help to flow, which then helps us to kind of line up our thoughts and get order and organization in them. And to help us think logically and process. And that requires deep, deliberate, conscious, intentional thinking. So as we are managing our mess, that happens up. If we're not managing our mess and we just get stuck in it and overwhelmed, then the serotonin and norepinephrine don't aren't secreted enough and don't help us to line up our thoughts. That's when you can feel chaos during the day as well. Okay. So basically, as you're going through the day and you're lining up your thoughts with this increase in serotonin and norepinephrine, you then get bursts of acetylcholine, which is another chemical, as you start paying attention, as you get that aha moment, as you start sort of getting an insight into things. So now at nighttime, it changes. You don't have any serotonin or norepinephrine flowing at nighttime. It's, it reduces dramatically, okay? And so basically, the acetylcholine is being secreted, which embeds memories. Acetylcholine helps with that consolidation, that memory formation, building it strong memories into the thoughts because the thoughts are made of memories. So acetylcholine bursts will help with that. So at nighttime, it's very active to embed those thoughts into the memories, okay? So that's good if it's good stuff. But it's not so good if the acetylcholine is embedding stuff into the, if it's a toxic one. And that's why the non-conscious says, okay, the acetylcholine is flowing, but hey, this is not a good thing to consolidate. You need to pay attention. This is bad consolidation. This needs to be 
deconsolidated and deconstructed and reconstructed. And then also when serotonin and, and, and norepinephrine drop reduce dramatically like they do when you're sleeping, then you don't have that, that you, 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 their representation, that, that lining up as they reduce with the nightmare, they reduce, which then it makes it more difficult to make sense of that as you're in that housekeeping non-conscious state because the mind is using the brain. So if the mind needs the serotonin and the norepinephrine, so at nighttime when that's not happening, then that reduces and then there's a little bit more chaos. So then the non-conscious mind says, okay, I need the help of the conscious mind during the day to make sense of this thing. So that, and then that will cause during the day when you're awake, that increases the serotonin and norepinephrine. So you see, there's this constant interplay, dynamic interplay between the mind, the brain, and the body. So just very quickly, as we are falling asleep, as we fall asleep, we pass from non-REM sleep into REM sleep. And it starts with, as we're dozing off, you get a whole host of signals firing from the pons, which is at the back of your brain in the brain stem, and it flows up to the cortex and activates memories, but not frontal lobe. So we're having this flow of signals up to that part, but not this part at nighttime. And when during the day, this part's very active, but at nighttime, this part's not very active. And this is the part that enables us to stand back, observe our own thinking, and consciously interact. So during when we're sleeping, the non-conscious mind is working brilliantly to resolve, but whatever needs conscious intentional deliberation is going to be pushed up as a dream, which recurring to tell you, hey, you need to activate this part during the day to help us line up and get logical explanations to find the source of why you keep having this recurring dream, because these things are not going to go away without your conscious involvement. And that's why we need to consciously pay attention. These signals move from the back of the ponds up into the cortex not the frontal lobe, and they activate the amygdala on the way, and the amygdala is a perceptual library. Think of a library with books, and the books contain stories, narratives, and some of the perceptions you've built are narratives that are not true, perceptual narratives that are not true, and some are true. So that's the perceptions of the data and the, and the thoughts, etc. The thoughts with the data and the emotions and choices are stored in the cortex, linked to the amygdala, and the amygdala's got a lot about the perceptions, how you're perceiving this thing, how you're seeing it, and they always have to be questioned because these perceptions will be, the toxic perceptions will not be true. These, the healthy perceptions, non-toxic perceptions will be true. So you've got to question those. So the amygdala draws up the perceptions, and if it draws up these, that then spills over into the dream, and there's this confusion and potential nightmare, etc., because the perceptions are you, the library book you've taken about is like all this terrible, scary stuff. And if you just keep reading it and putting it back and not dealing with it, those perceptions become stronger and stronger. But if you start paying attention to your dreams, then you're pulling out that book and you're starting to take, re rewrite that story. So then that story is now rewritten. So next to the, the ugly story is now rewritten under each piece of each piece of text that is toxic, you start rewriting the story. So eventually the library book becomes different where it has the story, but it has the changed perception, the reconceptualized perception. So when it's triggered, it then you, you read the book with the changed perception. So there's both parts of the story in the book. But if you keep bringing up the toxic book, it keeps getting stronger and stronger. It just keeps falling out. It's constantly, it's dog-eared. It's been read so much. And that's what will dominate. So that, that will then, that's messy. That's imbalanced. So the unconscious is going to say, hey, I need some conscious perception. I need some frontal love. I need some serotonin. I need some norepinephrine to help to, you know, to work this out, to, 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 to solve this problem. You need to do the work of neurocycling 
mind management to sort out and find the source, the origin. Okay, and in fact, we see that the library at nighttime, the amygdala, the perceptual library, is pretty active in comparison to the pre- to the frontal cortex, which is pretty much inactive. When I think of protein powder, I often imagine people at the gym working out or taking part in competitions. But the truth is, deep down, as in cellular level deep, we all need protein. It's about more than just muscles. In fact, good sources of protein are essential when it comes to so many of our health needs, including mental and brain health. But a lot of protein powders can feel intimidating. No pain, no gain. And their formulas opaque and not just because they're powder. This is why I love Ritual's Essential Protein, made by their team of amazing scientists, hello Harvard, who have reimagined protein from the ground up and inside out, from how it's made to who it's for and why it's needed. The result is a delicious plant-based protein, offered in three premium formulations for distinct life stages and unique nutrient needs, all made with the same high standards approach and commitment to traceability that Ritual is known for. For tomorrow, as much as today, their essential protein is made with quality ingredients to support bones, brains, and muscles, and help maintain muscle mass as you age. Not only is their protein powder delicious, but it meets my unique needs as someone who is over 50 and is so easy to add to my daily routine. So, why not shake up your ritual? To make trying something new less scary, Ritual offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Plus, my listeners get 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com forward slash Dr. Leaf to add essential protein today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. And also, as you've said already, dreams can have patterns. And I just want to stress that those patterns are unique, okay? So anyone who tells you if you have this pattern, then this is what it means, there might be some truth in that and it might be helpful and you may, but be very careful of thinking that's the pattern because your unique pattern is your unique story. You need to dig down and find out what your pattern means. You could use that maybe as a bit of guidance, but be careful that it doesn't block or put another thought in your head blocking you from finding the origin root cause. So you need to become like a dream detective, literally, where you take the signals of the frustration, the anxiety, this, as much of the story as you can get out and start writing and journaling, looking for the clues and the cues to try and find out what is going on. And as you're doing the normal neurocycling through the neurocycle process, and the neurocycle is a five-step system that I've developed over these 38 years, that is how you manage your mind, to uh, how you use your mind to manage your mind, getting the wise mind to talk to the messy mind to help you find the root cause of the signals. Why did this happen? Why? What actually went on? And then you can deconstruct and reconstruct. You can't reconstruct what you don't know. So the dreams are trying to prompt you to face those. And it's so important, I can't stress enough, I've said it a few times, that you have a daily system to manage your mind with these dreams and nightmares and things. If if they've got into, if they've progressed to quite bad nightmares, that you have a daily mind management plan like the neurocycle, but you also go to therapy or speak to a counselor or coach or someone to help you process through your dreams. So, so, so important. Okay, so dreams can have patterns. And this is what Nancy mentioned. She says, I do have a recurring pattern of always hurrying or being super frustrated or anxious. I cannot help but think this. Okay, so that there's a, so therefore Nancy's feeling like a hurrying, rushing from something. So there's a clue there and you have to become this thought detective to really consciously and deliberately before you go to sleep at night, 
have your journal ready next to you and go to sleep telling yourself, okay, I am going to try and drive. There's actually research on this where you can literally say, I'm going to actually try and prepare myself for this dream. I want to get more information. And you tell yourself this, you set up consciously because the conscious always works with the unconscious. So you consciously and deliberately and intentionally say, I want to understand more about why I'm waking up feeling frustrated and, and hurrying for example, which is Nancy's example. And as you do that, that consciously, that conscious discussion then wires that into your brain where you're saying, okay, I want control. I want information. So as you're sleeping, you've got this network's going to be activated. And then as you're sleeping over time, I don't know how quickly it will happen. It's different for each person. But as you, this now is going to start looking for this. And that's what your non-conscious mind is going to do, your, your dynamic self-regulation and your non-conscious mind, this brilliant seeking after balance intelligence part of you is has got a network that's saying, okay, look for that dream. So then it will start bringing back stuff. So your dreams will start getting more information attached and you can write those down and ask the appropriate questions, etc. And maybe even, as I said, go to therapy. And I'll do a little exercise at the end. Okay, sorry, I just wanted to read this to you. These patterns, okay, that we that these recurring patterns are messengers that your brilliant dynamic regulation that occurs on the non-conscious level that I've explained a few times now is trying to prompt you to actively pay attention to an embrace process and reconceptualize. The non-conscious mind is more reasonable than our conscious mind and much readier to listen to the wise mind because it's literally closer. So the non-conscious mind when you prompt yourself, like I've explained, before you go to sleep, and it may not work the first time, but just keep doing it because eventually this prompt, it may take 63 days to build this prompt before your mind starts actually finding this and revealing it. I mean, the, the more established these are, the more difficult they are to get to. So give yourself time. And, and as I explain in my work, it takes cycles of 63 days to, to form a solid long-term memory that changes behavior. And this could be that it may take you 63 days to actually form a thought that actually is your priming thought in your non-conscious when you're sleeping to find this thing and bring it out and help you process, use the dream to help you process the trauma and find that trauma and get to the root of that trauma. And as I said, that's where we need the mind management tool every day and we need the therapy, coaching and counseling. Okay, so just one, one more time, just quickly, I did explain this difference, but I want to stress it again. Nightmares and night terrors, there's a difference. Nightmares occur when you are in REM sleep and they're bad dreams, toxic dreams, where things are also these nightmares. Night terrors are when it's incredibly embedded, so suppressed for so long that it, it and it, you haven't had it, got it out. That it's so Im- embedded in your physical body that your physical body is going into this overstimulated, frightened, flight, freeze zone, and that is then threatening a lot of your physical body. So your so then your non-conscious is drawing on that. As a night terror, it's manifesting, this physical sensation is manifesting in the non-REM sleep as a night terror. And you don't always remember those because it's on this very sensory level, but that's where it's great for if someone, as I mentioned earlier on, can see or hear or watch you and then help and wake you up and talk to you. And then you can start exploring it in therapy or if it's happening, if you're sleeping alone and, and you don't know it's happening, if you're waking up feeling in a cold sweat and feeling terrified, but you don't know why. That's then works maybe doing something like EMDR to start trying to activate the reason for the night terrors. And at the same time, the neurocycle can then help you process and manage your mind on the day-to-day stuff and the other toxic stuff that you're working on because all toxic stuff end up 
toxic issues can end up intertwining and roots growing into each other. So as you're working on one thing daily with the using the neurocycle and maybe going to EMDR and building this preparation, eventually that combination can help you to also find out the root of those night terrors. Spring is officially here and this means it is time to put away all those winter coats and get excited for all the sunshine and vitamin D coming our way. But if you're like me, you know it can be a challenge to find clothes that work great no matter how warm it is outside or inside, which is why I love Jenny Kane. Their wardrobe must-haves have helped reinvigorate my spring style, making it easy to look and feel my best every day. From their breezy basics I won't take off, to their sunny day accessories, I'll be sporting all season long. Indeed, I could live in their classic mule shoes. They are so comfortable and versatile and go with so many different spring outfits. My current outfit of the day is Jenny Kane's leopard t-shirt dress with their mules, which is just right for the Texas heat. Whether it's hot or cold outside, Jenny Kane is my most trusted source for everyday, elevated essentials. Their California cool vibe pieces will keep me looking and feeling my best for years to come. Their curated stylish staples will work with everything in your closet, making everyday moments a breeze. Find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com and get 15% off your first order when you use code Dr. Leaf at checkout. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. Okay, so let's talk about quickly before we before I give you some practical examples, is let's talk about children and nightmares. So, so, so important that you don't ever brush a nightmare off. You've heard now that nightmares are messengers. It's dreams are the way that we process and do housekeeping. And the more vivid the dream and the more, and as it progresses into a nightmare, we've got to pay attention. We've got to pay attention to that and start exploring in the ways that I have been in terms of the, the, the discussion that I've just had. So it goes, it's the same with children. We must never tell a child, for example, oh, it's just a dream. Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's a mess. It's something going on in the child's life. So it's better to rather, if they call you because they've had a nightmare, it's better to say, oh, it's only a dream, don't worry. It's better to hold them and to, and to validate them and to say, I know that was scary and we, it's okay and you want to talk to me about it. And, I, and they, maybe they just fall asleep in the comfort of your arms and then they go back to sleep. But at some point you need to address that. So maybe the next day you can talk about it. Maybe they tell you more information as the time goes on or you get them into therapy, but never invalidate so important that you don't say, oh, man up and don't worry about that and stop being a baby or stop crying or it's only a dream. It does, it does matter. It is important. Always validate, always listen, always support. If they are having nightmares and need to come in your room, if they're wetting their bed, if they need this creator system, great, make it safe. Very important that you make it safe. If they're having a nightmare, that they can come and sleep in your bed or come and sleep on a, on the, on a mattress next to your bed if, if they need to that you, they know that they can come to the safety of, of their parents and or that you can go sleep in the bed with them and help them fall back asleep again or stand there holding their hand or massaging their hands or something, but never just leave them alone. Never invalidate that experience. Dreams are messengers, so sit with them, let them sleep in your room or comfort them. And then when ready, let them let them process and, and potentially therapy. If it's a recurring nightmare, if they're bedwetting, et cetera, this is, this, something is going on in their life. You need to pay attention. That's a sign of some kind of embedded trauma that's going on and needs to have attention paid to it. Okay, so I want to tell you just very quickly some examples. So, for example, if you're really upset about something, I just made some other notes over here. I wrote about this in one of my books. And you go to bed angry. 
So if, you, if you're upset about something and you go to bed angry or if you've got something that's very unresolved, it's going to be in the form of a loose-ended thought. So that is going to affect your sleep and your, your mind because and in the form of a dream that's disturbing because it's trying you remember your dreams are housekeeping. So if you want to try and understand more about your dreams and sort things out so that you have better sleep, it's very important that you do what I was saying earlier on, which is prepare yourself for sleep as far as possible before you go to sleep. Tell yourself, okay, this and this and this and this is unresolved today and maybe from yesterday. And I can feel now that as I'm going to sleep, it's kind of, I'm feeling disturbed. Why am I feeling disturbed? You know, gather awareness of, of why you're feeling disturbed at, as you go to sleep and then reflect on that. Ask yourself why. Answer yourself. Get as clear as possible. Okay, I'm feeling a bit disturbed because this happened today and that happened and I'm worried about this. Get it out. Write it down. Third step. Recheck it to say, okay, well, this and this and this, I can resolve like this and this. I can resolve this. Now I can't resolve any of this. Whatever. Work out a plan. Reconceptualize it. And then say, okay, I can't active reach. Fifth step. I can't do anything about this now, but I can do something about it tomorrow. I can speak to this person. I can do that. Give yourself some little action steps. And so what I've just described is the neurocycle to help you when you get into bed as you're dropping off to sleep to try and start training yourself to prepare yourself to deal with the day's issues. And also, you can do the neurocycle in the way where you start preemptively building a network that's going to go find this this toxic thing that's causing the nightmares. And that particular one where you're developing the preemptive, proactive network that's going to help find the toxic one, first of all, you're going to gather awareness of, okay, the last few nights I've been very tired and frustrated and I feel like I'm hurrying, waking up, feeling chased or hurried. Those are my signals. I don't know why. Ask yourself why. So that's gather awareness. Second step is reflect, ask yourself why, as much, get as much as you can. If you can't get much today, it's fine. You can do this over 63 days. After 63 days, you're going to have much more insight into this process. And 63 days, if you want to know why I'm using that 63 days, oopsie, where's my book? In my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, I talk all about, it takes 63 days to change, to build a habit that will impact your behavior change. 21 days to deconstruct and reconstruct, but then you've got to spend another 42 days to turn it into a habit. So you can build a memory, a basic memory in 21 days, but to make it a habit and a behavior change takes 63. So in my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, my most recent book, I'll put the link in the, in the show notes. I explain how to do the neurocycle in depth and how and the 63 days and all that information is in there in depth. Okay, so I want to, uh, so when you are preparing, you want to first gather awareness of that sense of frustration, hurriedness, whatever it is, like, like Nancy explained in her letter. I'm just going to quickly read that. The recurring pattern of always hurrying or being super frustrated and anxious. So always hurrying, gather awareness of. Always hurrying, going to bed. So gather awareness. I'm in bed now. I'm preparing. I'm building this proactive network. I gather awareness of always hurrying and feeling frustrated and anxious. Okay, those are the warning signals. Then reflect. Why? Why am I feeling that way? What What is the reason? Because you want to get this into this. You're feeling that way and get whatever. Maybe it's because, okay, there's definitely something for my childhood or there's something that over COVID or there's, when did this happen? How long has it been going on for? Where did it happen? The when, the what, the who, the where, the why, and the how. Start answering those questions. Why? Discuss. Why? Ask, answer, discuss. Write down. Have a journal. Have a, your neurocycle journal next to you. Write that down in a metacog. Put all the thoughts. Let it all come out. And the metacog is that 
way of arranging things in a pattern that really gets things out, gets the non-conscious working with the with the, the, the conscious mind so you can get these things out, gets the two sides of the brain working together, gets that norepinephrine and serotonin lining up and, and the acetylcholine and the other chemicals so that your brain is working in a very efficient way to help with your mind, to help get these things out. Then recheck to get some sort of order. You're not Remember, you're not going to solve it on the first night. We're doing this piecemeal, bit by bit, day by day. Maybe tonight you just get one thing on your metacoggin and, and one thing onto the recheck, which is, okay, well, tonight when I go to sleep, I'm hoping that I can start finding out why I'm in this feeling of being chased or whatever. And then your active reach is, okay, tonight, and you tell yourself, tonight when I go to sleep, I want to start finding out why. And, and think of this green tree and think of this, I'm building the network about what this is my little searcher, this is my little detective. Look at it like that, your little dream detective. I'm building it in to start finding these toxic thoughts. And then to, you go to sleep and whatever comes up the next day, grab it as soon as you wake up, maybe during the night, the next morning and write whatever information you can that you gather during the night. So as soon as you wake up, just write it down in your, in your journal. It can be just a linear scribble or you can write it in the metacog form, however, but just get it out. Even if you just pour it out on paper and then you organize it and take that information and organize that into the metacog and recheck and reteach. And then tonight when you go to bed, you take all of that information and you gather awareness. How do I feel tonight before I go to sleep? So gather awareness, reflect, why, ask, answer, discuss, What based on the new information I got from last night. And it may be very little, that's okay. Tomorrow you might get more and so on. And then you're going to write down more on the metacog, more on your recheck, which is the reconceptualizing. What does this mean? What could this maybe mean? How could I see this differently? And then what's my little active reach tonight? Okay, I want to know more. I am, when I sleep tonight, I am going to know more. I'm going to find more. And you're wiring that in. You're wiring in an instruction in your non-conscious mind, through your conscious mind, to do that. And then it finds it and sends the answer through your dream. So I'm now going to give you an example of a recurring dream that I had and how I applied this system. And the recurring dream was I'd wake up, I would be in my, my house that I grew up in as a child. We, we lived in for many, many years. And it was a beautiful home on a river. And there was no fence. And we lived in South Africa. And there was a lot of crime. And I remember just having this dream where I'm always getting chased. I'm always trying to get away. I'm in the bottom of the garden and I'm trying to get to the top of the garden. I'm trying to climb and I'm trying to get away. And there's varying different forms of the dream. And then I'd wake up in this cold sweat of trying to get away. And it happened so often, you know, and so eventually I decided, okay, I don't, I don't need, I need the detail. I need more detail. So I started doing this thing, going to bed at night, gathering awareness, doing the five steps. And then over time I got sort of getting it took me about, honestly, it took me about three weeks and I got enough data to actually then go back to my mom and ask her what happened. It seems like something happened. Did someone break into our house? And then my mom told me that when I was a little girl, very young, I think I was six or seven, someone had broken into our house and we had this, this gate, gated off section between where we slept and the, the living part of the house. And someone had broken into the living area and they were coming in through the dining room and going into the kitchen. And I mean, even now I can still, that, that door, that dining room door, which was so easy just to open, and our, our sitting room door, which was kind of on another level, which was just, you could just lift it up and open it. I still have have images of, of, of and trauma from that. And apparently someone did break in, not on one occasion, but multiple occasions. But the one time I actually was up and I saw them coming through and I saw, I remember screaming 
and my dad came through and the guns were out and there were shots fired and police and it was so frightening and it was it was could have been really really bad and I never processed it I suppressed it pushed it down we never spoke about it again and honestly this as a 22 23 24 year old right up until about I think about seven or eight years ago this dream was still worrying me and I still have it now and then now but now I know what it is and I get it under control and when I wake up I just oh I've had that dream again but there was the solution I know why I had that dream I still as I said have a that door in our sitting area and in the dining room area those two doors still freak me out I still have dreams of people breaking in through those doors and feeling in that house and feeling unsafe and now I know what it is whereas it was becoming a nightmare and it was going into night terrors for me so there it took me but it honestly took me a full three weeks to get the data and then it took me another 42 days it took me a full 63 days before I had a management plan in place which I can now use preemptively I've built this thing and I know how to manage when when it comes up so it's no longer this and this it's that in this and I know what it is and I can manage it so essentially the neurocycle then was what I used to enable me to be able to process that so pay attention to your dreams go through the neurocycle process get to a therapist and don't ever ignore those dreams don't ignore the nightmares they are wonderful wonderful ways of doing housekeeping restoring balance restoring homeostasis and helping you feel more control they can be terribly scary terribly traumatizing when it's the nightmare versions obviously and nightmares can wake you up and make you terrified so never ignore those always try to deal with them with loved ones and in therapy and doing things like EMDR, using the neurocycle, using a combination. Don't ignore them because they're not going anywhere until you actually take control and process them. I hope this has helped you. And if you haven't yet picked up a copy of my book, you can pick it up anywhere where books are sold. My newest book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. And it's also available on our site now, drleaf.com. Hope this helps you and I hope and give us some feedback and send us more questions. And thanks for joining me and I'll see you again next time. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then... I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual 
medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.